1 Timothy 4, 8 says, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. And I believe that godliness flows into every single thing that we do, including that physical training and also what we're putting inside of our bodies. When I think about good, fun conversations, this one that you're about to listen to is exactly what I think of. Today's guest, Heather Brown, is the author of the Busy Mom Hacks blog, and she empowers busy mamas to find balance and encourages them to live a life well-loved. And I really just loved the energy between us. I loved the conversation, and our heart for motherhood is similar, and our heart for just kind of getting through these hard things in a way that honors God and doesn't feel so hard. So on today's episode, we're talking about everything from balancing motherhood to successfully meal planning in a way that won't make you give up after doing so for a week. And we're also sharing practical tips for helping picky little ones to eat much better. We dive into negative self-image, self-care, and self-deprecating comments toward ourselves. So even if you're not a mama, this is something that you can gain from. And also we talk about balancing business and motherhood and wife life. So to tune in. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you guys do too. Also, if you haven't had a chance to subscribe yet, please click the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. You'll be notified every Monday when we have a new episode, but you won't get any spam or anything. It's just so that you know that a new episode is out. I am praying that this week is wonderful for you after Halloween and prior to the election, that you're able to just take a deep breath today get in the word, um, just sit in prayer and journaling and allow yourself to be thoughtful. It is so needed right now. Just resting and thinking and being present and in prayer will help us to get through the next few months. Let's jump into today's conversation. We were never promised that life would be easy. But when we do it together, it becomes much easier. I genuinely believe that we have to be intentional about creating a joyful life. I believe in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. But those things require deep, holy heart work. I am passionate when it comes to sharing vulnerably about the things that people are not always comfortable discussing, and I am passionate about sharing practical wisdom that has helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. On the Living Easy Podcast, you'll hear honest insight with a biblical foundation to help you become best friends with your spouse again, to love your motherhood so much that you don't need wine or even coffee to get through the day and to find hope in the very real trials and pain that we face moment to moment. I want to challenge you every Monday to live life with purpose, to choose joy, and to honor God with all that you do. Are you ready to fight hard for that sweet, abundant life? If so, I would love to do it together. So grab a cup of coffee and join me every Monday. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. Today, I am here with Heather Brown. Hey, Heather. Hey, Lindsay. I'm so excited to get to chat with you today. 
Me too. We are just talking, you guys, before we started recording about TikTok. And I shared with Heather that Jesse and I got lucky on TikTok because one of our videos went viral of us doing some silly workout challenge. But that now if I post anything that I want to post about like motherhood or marriage or faith, people totally check out because they just want my husband. But Jesse is like, (laughs) if he could never touch social media again, he would not. He's so, he hates it all. So now I have to start a new one and try to do it on my own. Oh, so difficult. I know. Eric is a really good sport, I will say, on Instagram stories when he wants to be. And yeah. he totally has to be in the mood for it. But I've brought up TikTok several times. I was telling Lens, <laughs> and he is like, mm, I'm okay. Thanks, though. <laughs> How long have you been married, Heather? September will be 12 years, which is crazy. Wow. Good so for you. Next month. That's amazing. Yeah. I always tell people He's- that's like one of the greatest accomplishments, especially in our world today. Oh my gosh. Yes. I totally agree. And honestly, Lens, like I talk a lot with Eric about how if people didn't have Christ though, as the center of their mm-hmm. marriage, and that's not something that you are like both coming back to, yeah. I can totally see how marriage would have a 50% plus failure rate. I mean, it's just, it's really wild. And we did get married pretty young. I'm not sure how long of you guys have been married. And I'd love to know, but we just talked about how we've watched so many of our friends. Eight years. Yeah. Good for you guys. You're almost at the decade mark, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Congrats. Thanks. But I mean, seriously, you just have to fight for your marriage every single day. And I'm so thankful that we grew together and not apart as we were growing up because we got married at 22. Okay. Yeah, we were 21. So it's definitely young. And I fully agree with you. I think there have been so many moments where when I look at the world and the way that they do things, if I didn't have salvation and I didn't have a purpose to stick around in the moments I really didn't like Jesse... And I wasn't told by scripture, like, this is choosing to love. It would have been really hard. I would probably say we probably would not be together anymore at all. So I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, I'm so thankful too. And I'm really thankful that I actually truly love the little bit of marriage content that I've seen that you have put out. Like, I really appreciate it. I look forward to seeing, I know you've done a couple of TikToks that have marriage advice and I'm like, that's so cool. (laughs) I tried, I made one last night. I'm such a chicken though. The way that I do things, I'm such a perfectionist and I overthink. And so I'm like an achiever hardcore, Mm. but then when something isn't perfect or if I just am intimidated at all, it paralyzes me. So I have like 15 drafts saved that I'm like, one day I'll be brave enough. (laughs) (laughs) to put these out. So I need to just, you're just my sign. I just need to do it and stop being such a chicken all the time. Oh my gosh, please do. Because I just think that we only get one life. And I mean, God like put that on your heart even to do it. And maybe you weren't thinking of it even as like, this is gonna be a great marriage video or whatever. But it's, if you did it, he's gonna honor the work that you put into it. And are you a number three on the Enneagram? I heard you say I'm an achiever. Yes, I am full on, full on three. Girl, me too. 
I am as well. Are you? I read the negatives of the three. I was like, I want to crawl under the table right now and die. I literally, I I started crying (laughs) as soon as I read them. And I was like, how can this be so spot on and so sad (laughs) at the same time? But it's really helped me to grow and understand myself and understand how I function in the unhealthy three way, which it's funny because on the podcast now I'm talking about this so much because it's really helped me to understand people in a better way, but it was a good mirror to look into. I think I really needed to see it because it was just put into words. The definition of my personality type was put into words that I never could have said myself. It was just what I felt. And so now even that like being paralyzed by perfectionism, I'm like, dang, that's so good. So I really now, whereas I just consume me before, I fight against that so hard. And I'm like, nope, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm not going to care about the responses or if it feels right, you know, I'm just going to do it because I want to do it. And the Lord and I have been working through that and just giving that sense of freedom. So it is a little rough to be a three. (laughs) (laughs) It's so rough to be a three. Funny enough, I actually don't struggle with perfectionism necessarily, Hmm. but I can very much so struggle in the like, I'm just an achiever and that like, I want to pack so much into every single day and achieve so many things so hard that I feel like I just run myself into the ground over and over and over again. And so I've even had to tell my COO, Alyssa, she's actually an eight on the Enneagram. And so she'll, I'll be like, Alyssa, I need you to like combat me. I need you to say like, Heather, that's a great idea. We can slot that in for next month or three months from now or next year. But right now (laughs) you said you want to work on X and Y and we cannot cram in Z too. Oh, that's so good to have that. We need that like straight line because our line never ends. We need that kind of cutoff point. Mm -hmm. Well, and speaking of how busy you are and how much you like to do, I want to talk a little bit about our topic today. So basically for our listeners, I wanted to talk to Heather today about meal prepping, meal planning, balancing motherhood, because my husband and I, we have always been really not always, backtrack. We have recently, in the past couple of years, (laughs) tried to be healthier. And we have been really intentional with how we eat, what we feed our kids. We are super free to order some pizza and make frozen chicken nuggets for lunch occasionally. But I am the type of person where I get excited about meal planning. I get excited about meal prepping. Then I realize I don't stick with it. And I kind of just fall off the bandwagon. And it's something that I found even with my friends and family members that you do it for a while and then you kind of just stop. It was so good for me time-wise and energy-wise and for our family. And so I'm just curious with you, like this is your specialty, your expertise, How have you found creating a schedule and sticking to the meal planning works best for you and for the people you work with? Yeah, absolutely. So I want to just, first of all, be 100% transparent and tell you that I 
do not do meal planning perfectly myself. I have also fallen off the bandwagon and yeah. kind of like what you were saying earlier. I think there's freedom in admitting that you have flaws. And mm-hmm. sometimes I do let my busyness get in the way, but every time that I do that, I am reminded week in and week out. And this is exactly why I should not let that happen. Because when I forget to meal plan, now I feel way more stressed. I've wasted more time, effort, energy, money. And so I'm like, gosh, I just cannot do that again. And so Eric could probably tell you, I've had this come to Jesus talk with him to myself (laughs) about five times where I'll say, babe, I need you to hold me accountable on Sundays. Let's make that our meal planning day this Sunday. Hold me accountable. And so I'll even sometimes add it to like our shared family calendar on the Mm. iCalendar. And so we try to have it as part of our routine that typically on Sunday afternoon during my boys naps, I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old, but I would say the best way is to just create a schedule and then really make sure that you can make it work for you. So for me, it works really well to do it on Sundays and to go to the grocery store on Sundays. And so I think that if you can just know in your head and communicate with your spouse that or your roommate or, you know, whatever your living situation is, that's going to help hold you accountable. And then I take about 30 minutes to go through my system that I lay out the ebook that I wrote on meal planning of checking my pantry, my fridge and my freezer to shop at first, because a lot of times what people do is they meal plan backwards and they will be like, oh, what do we want to make this week? Oh, I thought that this recipe on Pinterest looks so good. And we hadn't had you know, barbecued ribs and forever. We should throw that on the menu. But if you would instead do it backwards and check your pantry, fridge, and freezer to see what groceries you already have on hand that you could make a meal out of. I actually just had a follower message me this week and say that after buying my ebook and trying that, she saved $70 on her grocery bill hey, that week. That's and I'm so like, good. Wow, that's <laughs> I just did that actually last night. I came home from our women's Bible study and I just opened my fridge and it was such a disaster. And I was like, I cannot go to bed with it like this. So I cleared everything out and I was like, I mean, one, when you do that, it's like you're going shopping again because you've forgotten all of the things that you have already, (laughs) like you're saying. And then two, I came up with like three meals that I could make with what we have in the fridge and freezer. I order my stuff from Instacart to deliver to me. I was about to go on and order groceries and I was like, dang, I don't actually need to do this. I have meals. So actually that is like... Very, very, very good advice. And I think that I am queen of going on Pinterest and finding these new extravagant things. And sometimes we don't even make them because it's not always comfortable or something that like my kids will eventually eat. And so then you go to this black and white of like, okay, let's make all these really cool meals we've never made. And because it's not easy and comfortable, you kind of fall off the train. At least me. That's what I do. Absolutely. It can be paralyzing. Like what you were saying about your TikTok, you just get paralyzed and you're like, ah, I don't even really know where to start. And then I have to find the recipe and then it's going to have some weird ingredient like ginger in it. And I don't (laughs) even know how to like peel that or chop it. And then at the end of the day, your brain is just done and you're like, and I still have to do bedtime and bath time and feed the kids. Mm -hmm. And so you just want something that's going to be easy So that is also one of the biggest tips that I have found is that I look for recipes that are going to use up ingredients that I have already 
on hand. And then I also cross-reference it with the grocery store sales at the grocery store that I'm going to. So for instance, let's say that I had a can of black beans in the pantry and then I found like some leftover guacamole from last week that I never ended up opening. And then let's say maybe I had like some tortilla shells in the pantry. Well, then if I open up my Publix grocery store ad or app and then see that they have ground beef on sale or chicken on sale or salsa on sale, I'm like, oh, awesome. Mm -hmm. I already have half the ingredients for a taco or taco bowl night. And then if I buy the stuff to complete it, then it's on sale. So I'm going to save money that way as well as, you know, just the resources. And then the other thing that I have really learned with how to like make it more doable is I always try to pick recipes that have seven ingredients or less. Okay. So to me, if it gets too fussy or if it has too many ingredients, I'm way less likely to be bothered with it. Like what you were saying about the crazy Pinterest recipes. And I also throw in grace nights for myself. I think that so many times, like when they do their meal plan, they're like, oh, I'm going to write out seven dinner recipes. But realistically, are you going to have the time and energy to cook seven? And are you not going to have leftovers? Or like for me, Eric and I always sit down on Sunday to talk about the meal plan. The very first thing that I'm going to do before I even shop my pantry is Eric and I sit down and look at our calendars. And he may say to me, oh, I've got, you know, a staff meeting that I'm going to stay up at the hospital for a little bit late on Wednesday night. So I'm like, okay, check. That means that he's probably going to be eating dinner out. So maybe that'd be a good night for me to just pencil in leftovers for me and the kids or something simple. We know every Tuesday night that we have Bible study with our church. And so some of those weeks we do dinner that we're bringing stuff in all together to make a meal or you know, then that night I might write down, I want to have a crock pot meal. So that's just like ready when we get home, easy to eat before we run out the door to to a small group. And so I would say at the end of the planning session, Eric and I have of what all he has going on that week, what all I have going on that week, what the kids schedules are. I typically find that I really only need to cook three to four nights a week. So then when I come to my, you know, written out meal plan that I want to do, or whether you use an app or whatever's best for you, I am writing in like Monday night, I typically try to do this salsa slow cooker meal. And it's literally just chicken. And then you dump salsa over the top of it. Literally so um, easy. And I we used have that to make for- that when I was little with my mom. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Throwback. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that we can have like a big something in the slow cooker that then is going to be protein for all week long that we can utilize. And then I'm set up for success the rest of the week. And then I'll typically write in even like Chick-fil-A night for, you know, small group night. And it's just freeing to realize like, oh, I don't have to actually cook seven meals a week. And it just doesn't feel so paralyzing to start. I really like that one that you mentioned the grace night, because I do think that's so important. And then also the scheduling with your spouse. That's one thing that can cause some frustration in our home is when I'll cook this big meal or like prep it and have all of the ideas and I'm so excited. And then Jesse's like, oh shoot, I forgot to tell you this. Or Jesse's grilling steaks and he has, and I'm like, oh darn it, I ate a late lunch. I'm so sorry, I didn't know. And so that's something we've learned with each other is like checking in, doing a monthly check-in and then doing a weekly check-in as well. And just saying, hey, 
Yeah. What do you have going today? What do you have going this week? Did anything pop up? Because this day, this day, this day, I'm going to cook. And I do think it's so wise, like you said, Heather, to not plan to cook seven meals a week because one, you're going to be overrun with all of those leftovers. And then two, it's just too yes. much. Like you have to save your energy and time as well. And so how do you keep these meals healthy and how do you get your kids to eat healthy meals? Yeah, that's a great question. So those of your listeners that don't know me or that aren't like coming from my audience to listen, you may not know that Layton, who turns five later this month, he is one of the pickiest eaters ever. Like he even fell off a growth chart when he was a little boy because he just wouldn't Uh, eat. And he has a lot of like sensory type stuff that was preventing him from wanting to try things. Yeah. So I learned a lot through that, I would say. And what I've learned is that it's really not worth it to me to stick to some of the things that I said that I would never do, you know, (laughs) pre-having kids. So a lot of times what I'll do is Leighton and Finn both know that they have to do a no thank you bite at least of whatever we are eating. So I'll say to Leighton, you know, mommy and daddy are eating spaghetti and he'll say, I don't like that, you know, and then I'll say, okay, that's fine. I'm just going to put one no thank you bite on your plate. Mm. And then we basically then just keep other, like I call them quote unquote kid healthy or healthy ish meals on hand that they can quickly eat, such as like the blueberry Kodiak cakes waffles that have added protein. We easily can do them little quesadillas or little, you know, chicken nuggets and carrots and ranch and peanut butter and honey or peanut butter and banana sandwiches, turkey roll-ups. But I found that for us, I want him to keep trying new things. And I know that the exposure is important, but I talk in the ebook that I wrote a lot about like giving kid friendly names to foods too. So I found that even if it was something that normally he'd be like, ew, I don't like peanut butter this, if I can instead say like, oh my gosh, I got this really fun new monkey bar. Do you want to try the monkey bar? And because he likes monkeys, he's going to be like, yeah, I'm excited to try the monkey bar. So coming up with like silly fun names for the kid food, but I'd love to hear how you get your kids to eat healthy, Lindsay, and kind of like what some of y'all strategies are around that. A lie that you may believe far too often, especially as a woman, is that you have to choose between your family and your dreams. But the Proverbs 31 woman defies that stereotype. She was both a mother and a businesswoman. She worked hard for her family and used the giftings that God had given her to provide for her home. She had both ambition and faith, and she was honored. Friends, if you have a gift, use it to make God's name known. Share your story, share your passions, share your life. I have spent the past five years relentlessly studying and implementing all things marketing, blogging, entrepreneurship, small business, and podcasting, while also being a stay-at-home mama of two boys. Now with over 6 million blog readers, over 600,000 total podcast downloads, and tens of thousands of social media followers, I'm able to make an income for my family. I feel so passionate about this business and helping others to pursue those dreams. And I want to share everything I've learned with you, whether you're a mom of five or a college student. Do you want to be a travel blogger? Would you love to share your voice and launch a podcast? I can help you. I'm so excited to be offering one-on-one personalized business coaching for anyone with a dream 
to share their story, create a ministry, or build a platform. During our two and a half hour coaching session, I'll customize everything specifically for you by looking over your website and social media to give honest and helpful feedback that will help you grow. I'll teach you how to use Pinterest to make money even if you don't have any followers, because if you're not using it yet, you're really missing out. And we'll talk all things Instagram, Facebook, branding, monetization, all in simple to understand terms. I will provide you with two free customizable media kits, a list of my 20 influencer websites that you can join right away to start collaborating with small and large brands, exclusive group board invites on Pinterest and Facebook group invites to help get more eyes on your business right away. I always say she didn't do it better. She just did it. What is that one thing that you have always wanted to do, but you've never done? You will never succeed if you don't ever try, but you have a great chance at succeeding if you at least try. You don't ever want to live in regret. So if you are interested in this personalized coaching, just email livingeasypodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's livingeasypodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in this coaching and hearing about how I can help you specifically, I'll talk to you soon. Actually, I have an episode with Megan McNamee from Feeding Littles. I don't know if you follow her, Heather. Um, It's her and Judy. Yes, they're amazing. But for our listeners, if you guys haven't heard that episode, it's episode 16 and it's the Q&A of Am I Feeding My Children the Right Things? She talks about every age and kind of how to get our kids into eating the things they may not love, but kind of like what you said, Heather, with the no thank you bite, doing little tricks. And so... Some of the things that we've done that have really helped, one of them is what Megan recommended, which is always having something familiar on the plate. And so I'll always introduce a new food with something familiar. The other day, my son actually loves seaweed. And if seaweed is on the plate, it's so weird, but it's just like that dried seaweed from Costco, then he's happy put that on there. And then next to it, I put peaches, which for whatever reason, he's like so turned off of peaches and he's tried it like once and he just doesn't want to try them. So I put those on the plate and then I put his regular meal. We just made like avocado toast or something. And he devoured the peaches first. And I thought it was so interesting. And sometimes we will actually do candy and their dessert on the same plate as their meal. Cause it's almost like when we do allow dessert, cause we don't do it every night. But when we say, okay, you can have this after dinner, it turns into the only focus of the evening. Okay, can I have dessert now? Can I have dinner? We're finally, okay, stop asking. You have to stop asking. But when it's actually on the plate, they'll take a bite of it. Then they'll take a bite of their food. Or sometimes they'll eat the whole dessert first, which is like a small cookie or something. And then they'll eat their meal. Sure. And so that has actually been really good for us. But we're very similar in the, you need to at least try it. You cannot turn a food down if you haven't tried it, but we usually will tell them they need to eat the meal that we've prepared for them. But we're always very cognizant of what they like, what we know they don't like, and try to create meals around that. But we're really big on implementing new things, which is why I was talking about like, Sometimes I'm like, okay, let's cook a brand new curry dish. We've never made curry before, but I really want to try this. Yeah. And 
it's so extreme for me. So I'm like, okay, I've limited that to once a month and then everyone has to try it. We do a whole culture-based thing of like watching on YouTube and looking on the globe. Yeah. And that has been really cool for us actually in just introducing them in a way that's not just food, but it's a part of something bigger and they eat things a lot better that way. I think having stories behind food and treating it not as like, you better eat your broccoli, but instead like, oh my gosh, try this dipped in ranch. It's so good. And just keeping that positive tone. But again, Megan McNamee, Heather, you guys follow them. I am not the foodie expert. I'm just learning from all of you. (laughs) So it's been a journey for us. It is. And one thing that we did learn from our dietitian and the food therapy thing too, was that if you have a child, especially with sensory type issues or like for Layton, he had a far forward gag reflex that didn't go back until later Mm. than most kids do. She said, even if you can't get him to take a bite of it initially, which now he's much better at this, obviously, because he's older and learned and gotten more conditioned to it, is she would say, and hopefully this helps someone else in the audience, is if they cannot bring them themselves to put it in their mouth and eat it, you can start by having them kiss it. And oh. if they will kiss it, you know, on night one, then maybe like the fifth time that you serve broccoli and they're freaking out, you can say, okay, now I want you to tap it to your teeth. And then they tap it to their teeth. And that was all they had to do that night. And then maybe like five times later, if they feel more comfortable, then you can say like, oh, I just want you to lick it now. And then you finally move into the actual like chewing and swallowing phase. But I would have never thought of that. Yeah, I've never heard that before. Isn't it though? But I have heard that they have to try something or a person usually has to try something 10 times before they become before it becomes something they actually really enjoy eating. So I think that's like 10 times is a lot of times to keep introducing food. So that gives us a little hope. But I want to ask you, Heather, what do you do to maintain balance? Because sometimes I can imagine, especially right now in the thick of some moms homeschooling, some schooling from home, some just trying to figure out everything that's going on in our world at the time of COVID, How do you maintain this life of cooking meals and getting laundry done and doing the mom stuff while having time for yourself? How do you support and promote that balance in your life and in the lives of others? Eric and I really talk a lot about balance and just kind of being with it in mind, I think realizing that on this side of heaven, we're never going to have true perfect balance. And so kind of trying to do the best that we can. And especially with the COVID wrench thrown in and just all that 2020 has entailed. So I just think that for us, it's very much so making a point of being aware and communicating with your spouse more about it. So for instance, in the, I would say two to three weeks leading up to this meal planning for the busy mom ebook launch, I just straight up said to Eric, Hey babe, I want you to know that I know the next three weeks, I'm going to need a lot of extra help. I am probably going to be a little bit more scattered. I'm going to be working more hours than what I'm comfortable with. But I want to acknowledge that to you so that then once it launches on X date, you can help me fight to get back in the rhythm of a healthy balance. Because I think especially as a three, being an achiever, Unfortunately, once I ramp up to that level of productivity and see what all I can do, 
it feels unnatural to to slow down my pace. Yeah. Yes. And so my mom is like, I don't get that at all. She is a six (laughs) on the Enneagram and she's like, you need to rest. You need to do this. Eric is a five on the Enneagram. And so he's all about recharging (gasps) his battery. Oh my gosh, is your husband a five? Yes, Jesse's a five. We have to talk. (laughs) I've never met a three with a five husband. For those of you who are listening, it's just such a polar opposite type of personality. So like I'm super extrovert, which Jesse can be extrovert, but I'm super extrovert. I'm super driven, motivated. Jesse's an incredibly hard worker. He's the breadwinner for our family, hardcore, but he also really needs his time to recharge. And I'm like, okay, you just finished eight hours of work. Let's go to a friend's house. Let's make a dinner. Let's do all of these things. And he's like, my battery is gone. I do not have any energy left. (laughs) And that's hard for me because I'm like energizer bunny. Most of the time until I crash. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I love that you said that so, he helps you to like find that balance. Yes, he really does. He has helped me in realizing that I can get really out of balance without even realizing it because to me, it does feel natural to just work and work and work or go and go and go. So I think communicating with your spouse, realizing when you're out of balance is huge. And then even like for me, it's really important to set an end date to it and then hold myself accountable to intentionally ramp down after that. And if it is in your work environment, maybe even, I mean, as an entrepreneur, and you'll appreciate this too, Lens, like saying to people on my team, after X date, we're going to slow down. So me yeah. saying it to them forces me to stay accountable that I've already said it, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, that's good. And I think for me, my biggest form of self-care and like what I truly enjoy doing, which people are like, that's so weird that aren't into it, but is working out. I truly thrive off of the endorphins. Mm. So as I'm talking about working out, maybe think about if you're listening to this, what it is that is your thing that helps you recharge. But I would say that I literally schedule just like I think about my meal plan for the week, I am texting my babysitter, talking to Eric, figuring out what days he's going to be off work, figuring out what days that I need her as a babysitter and or finding a gym that has childcare to make sure that I'm also scheduling in my workouts for the week. I would say that I easily work out four to five times a week. And on the days that I don't, I almost jones for those endorphins because again, they're feeding into the energizer bunny side of me. Yeah. I think I read or saw somewhere that you had also struggled in the past with PPD or PPA. Is that right? Yes, both of them. Mostly anxiety, but yeah, it was pretty brutal. Okay, so I had a really severe PPD after my firstborn was born, and I also had a fourth degree tear, and I was told by the doctor that I couldn't walk past my mailbox for the first six weeks, Mm. and that wrecked me. I mean, I had to get on medication for my PPD and then my normal way of self-soothing and self-care is working out. So it just became this really vicious cycle. And the Lord has taught me that I have got to be more faithful in my quiet times because if I'm going to be that dedicated to getting in my workouts, but then not digging into the word, that's a big problem. So I also think that the balance comes in with even just like being plugged into the word as well, because it gives you such good perspective. Just when I went to the dermatologist appointment right before this call, my dermatologist goes, 
wow, you seem very relaxed. Like you seem like you're in a really good place. And I was like, can I be honest with you? I think it's because I literally just did my devotional on my, the end of the first five app in the waiting room. And I was like, that's such a good reminder to me. You know? <laughs> oh, that's so good. I fully agree. I mean, there is even a verse that says it's good to take care of your physical body, but far more important to take care of your spiritual self. And I think if we're focusing on that and making sure that we're being poured into in both areas, which we talk about all the time on this podcast, is self care and how important it is, like real self-care, not just face masks, but like eating healthy and drinking water and working out and reading your Bible and like really filling yourself in that way and how much better we love our family and the people around us when we do those things well. So I'm so glad that your dermatologist saw that and I'm so thankful that I'm able to have you on the podcast right after that in such a good place. <laughs> it's a blessing to me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, oh, yeah. Well, you are a blessing to me. So I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> oh, thank you. You saying that quote and thinking about like the eating healthy and drinking water and exercising and how that's true self-care versus just wearing a face mask or doing, I guess, more superfluous things other mm-hmm. than being in the word as true self-care as well spiritually. I would say that I always think about that quote, you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. And if I don't get my workout in or spend time in the word or at least turn on worship music or something, I just even feel like my momming (laughs) suffers and I just am brokenhearted by that. So Mm -hmm. I think it's so important for women to pour into themselves. Amen. Our world has the tendency to focus on kind of selfish self-care. And I think of it as like Mm -hmm. love others self-care by caring for yourself. Yeah, so we have an episode, it's called Quarantine Episode 5, Sex, Skincare, The Power of Your Words and Caring for Your Body. And it's talking about that physical and emotional self-care and choosing self-discipline, which we have to in prepping our food, preparing our meals, planning that time and creating balance in our home. And so on that note, Heather, you had mentioned your ebook, Meal Planning for the Busy Mom, which is amazing. For our listeners, can you just share... What prompted you to write this and how it will help those who read it to balance that busy motherhood and healthy eating and create that self-discipline? Absolutely. So long story short, the heart behind my whole Instagram website, everything which is called My Life Well Loved, is that I want to teach women, not even teach, I want to come alongside women in the journey of busy motherhood and give them busy mom hacks and give them doable healthy tips that help them live a better life through faith, family, friendship, food, just things that really help the mama of two to three kids that's stressed out, busy, running here to there, not feel like she's losing herself and her identity in Christ and wiping booties and runny noses Mm -hmm. and just the busyness of motherhood. And then feeling like at the end of the night, I barely even have time to speak to my husband let alone like try to actually pour into myself so I can be a better mom and be better in my marriage. And that woman truly breaks my heart. I watch my friends go through things like this. I watch old clients of mine at Pure Bar where they just tell me, 
I don't feel confident in my body. I don't feel good. I don't know how to change it. Or even just little self-deprecating comments. And I'm like, no, sister, like God made you in his image. You are so beautiful. Let's like figure this out together because that self image is also a reflection of Christ in you. And so I just want to like hone into who he made you. And so what inspired me to write the ebook was I felt like I had a tangible tool that I use to better and simplify my life to make me better in so many different areas. And I wanted to share it with other women. So I started the journey in the ebook as a newlywed. And then I talk about how I work for a national meal planning company for about five years. And I figured everything out the hard way. I mean, I just had to learn by failing myself several times throughout meal planning. And like you said, I'll fall off the bandwagon or whatever, but I've learned to give myself grace. And like we said, to pencil in leftovers and to pencil in Chick-fil-A nights. And even to say like, I know that at this time in my life, it's the busiest I'm probably ever going to be with two kids not in school yet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, running a full-time business, Eric working as a nurse practitioner, just lots of things going on. I am not ashamed to plan into my meal plan that I'm going to pick up fit five meals, order yeah. from like a Hello Fresh or something that comes to my door because at this point in my life, the name of the game is Simplify. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically, I have a motto a fail to plan and you plan to fail. So I made the ebook as full as possible. I mean, jam packed with practical tips to save money because one of the few ways you can cut costs is cutting your grocery bill. You can't really change your power bill. You can't really change your car payment. You can't really easily change your house payment, but you can cut your grocery bill. So I want women to be able to find financial freedom in that. I want to help them save time so they're not stressed out every night with just decision-making pain, let alone like cooking a meal and then meet whatever health goals are important to them. So there are so many printables in there that are even like, here's something you might be eating and here's a healthy swap. Or here's a printable of what an example meal plan for me might look like. Here's some healthy snack ideas. Here's five down and dirty dinner ideas. Here's some fun names like we talked about. I mean, I think there's 10 or more printables in there to help you truly like have the tools in place. And then there's really just like action items because I want to be able to hold your hand and help you get through it because my heart is for the busy mom. So behind it all, I even closed the book by saying like, at the end of the day, even if you read this book and thought like, I can't do that. I don't want to do meal planning, but I wanted to support Heather for whatever reason you bought the ebook. I said, I just hope that you've learned to give yourself grace and that at the end of the day, I'm a hot mess express, just like you might feel like you are. And no one is perfectly in balance. No one is perfect in meal planning all the time, but there's grace. And like, thank you, Jesus, so much for that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes, that is all so good. Because I think even as we talk about this topic, there's a tendency for us to be so hard on ourselves and feeling like, okay, we hear that that Heather gives her kids peanut butter and honey sandwiches and that they love that, but my kids can't eat bananas. I mean, something so simple to where people feel like it's black and white or Lindsay's son eats seaweed. We can't compare to one another because all of our kids are so different. All of our lives are so different. And I think as mamas, I just love that you hone in on that, Heather, in your book that 
the biggest thing for us right now is to do the best that we can with what we have and that no kid is the same, no family, no mom, no cooking schedule is the same, but that we can try our best. And that's what the hope is with the Living Easy podcast. And I know with My Life Well Loved is just to give people the options and the opportunity to learn something that maybe they didn't know before or to get ideas. Because for me, I'm always picking off of my friends and family. Like I'll send group texts. Hey, what's everyone cooking for dinner tonight? Give me ideas, you know? And those types of things can be really, really helpful. So I love that not only do you give practical wisdom in meal planning for the busy mom, you get freedom as a mama because of who Christ is to you, even in something as simple as meal planning. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Heather, for coming on. Lindsay, I'm just honored that you had me on and I truly enjoy just chatting with you today. And I'm also like, once this is over, we got to talk about our husbands at some point in a future call about three and five. Let's seriously, I want to plan a Zoom conversation. I think that would be fun. (laughs) Maybe all four of us. And then we can all just talk about how much we're so different. <laughs> in the best ways. <laughs> I love it. Oh, and I'm crazy and didn't even tell your people how they can find the ebook. Yes, so go the ahead. ebook is on mylifewellloved.com. And at the top header, there's even like a green bar that stands out that says, check out the busy meal planning guide for mamas. And there's even like a pop-up for email capture that comes up, or you can sign up for the email list on the right-hand side of the website, and it'll give you a 15% off coupon. And Lindsay, I'm happy to send you some of the printable resources that I have on the website, even like a water tracker, just easy things that people can use day to day to put in the show notes too, if that's okay with you. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, for our listeners. So if you want those, I'll gather the printables that I think would be best fit for my audience and then we'll send it out in our email list. So if you haven't subscribed to my email list, just go to sparrowsandlily.com backslash community and you can sign up and you'll get all of our printables and emails and we never spam. So follow along you guys with Heather on My Life Well Loved. Check out her ebook, Meal Planning for the Busy Mama. This mom, I always say mama, It's just one of those things in our world where it just makes life a little bit easier when we can do it with consistency. At least that's what I've found in my life. And so that's my prayer for all of you guys. And I hope that our listeners today just felt encouraged by these conversations and the ability for us to come together with completely different lifestyles, completely different things going on, but also with the foundation of Jesus offers freedom. Jesus offers grace. And so let's just receive that today as women with all the mom guilt going on. We don't need to feel it. So if you feed your kid frozen pizza and nuggets today, no shame, no judgment. You do you (laughs) and do your best (laughs) with what you've got. So thank you, Heather. And we will talk to you guys next Monday. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to share the love. The simple act of taking a screenshot of this episode and tagging the Living Easy podcast makes such a huge difference in my little podcasting world. If you are blessed, challenged, or impacted by this conversation, someone else you know might be too. So please feel free to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. 
If you haven't already, please take 30 seconds to scroll down from this episode or the podcast homepage on iTunes to give a quick rating and review. This makes a huge difference and helps in getting great guests for future interviews. Don't forget to follow along with me on Instagram for encouragement, devotionals, and practical advice on all the life and faith stuff. Love you guys.